baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, Jar. Hey, Josh. Yes, Josh Wheeler is in today. And before we start, Josh, I just want to say congratulations on this sixth anniversary of a very big day. This is the day Josh got to ring the bell after his chemotherapy for his leukemia. So, Josh, am I right about that? Yes, you are. It is a uh, big day. Uh, my wife was uh, sent me the video and everything of me ringing the bell and, uh, you know, had to share it on social media just to, you know, throw it out there for everybody in celebration, if you will. And it is a celebration. What a huge victory for you. And six years is a huge milestone. Five years, you know, they they tend to say we're cured. So yes. good for you, Josh. I'm so happy and proud. And uh, thank God. Thank God. So big day. Indeed, indeed. Uh, thank you very much for that. And we'll jump right into it here with a famous movie star joining the Beach Boys on tour. Uh, Full House star John Stamos uh, joining the Beach Boys oh. in Hawaii for a pair of shows next month in February. Uh, has a history of dating back uh, dating back to 1985 of joining the Beach Boys on tour occasionally. Uh, reasoning behind this, I kind of like this, to help reintroduce the Beach Boys to the newer generation. I'm a big uh, Pet Sounds fan. I love that album mm-hmm. from them. Um, Jor, if you could join a musician or a group on tour, who would it be? Bruce Springsteen. Oh yeah, Bruce Spring- the I boss. Mean, no, I mean, hands down, it would be Bruce Springsteen. Just to hear the stories and see how they interact, and I mean, one of the greatest rock stars ever. So yes, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I you know I love my other bands like. Bon Jovi, or I mean, I would love to. I'd love to tour with Taylor Swift. That must be an experience. Yeah, but, that's a that's on. a heavy load to take on. T Swift. I got to go with Bruce. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I got to go with sure. Bruce. What about you? What about you? Um, so I'm kind of one of those under the radar people. I listen to a band called One Republic. Uh, their lead singer Ryan yeah, Tedder has sure. helped produce mm-hmm. a lot of big songs for many artists. Mm-hmm. He's one of the bigger names in uh, music production. I probably would choose them just because I've kind of been one of the, I guess, uh, below the radar super fans of One Republic for pretty much 15 years now, and I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, they would be definitely my choice. Uh, moving on to the uh, to the next uh, quick takes here, uh, we have an iconic technological piece of history that seems to be kind of rolling with the times, if you will, when it comes to efficiency. Uh, Wednesday marked 40 years of the Macintosh computer being in circulation. I guess uh, not in circulation, but uh, being around, if you will. A lot of techno, uh, technical specialists uh, still own this vintage piece of property. Uh, the uh, Apple stopped manufacturing them in 1985 and uh, discontinued the software support in 98. But there are still, uh, still some out there that have the Macintosh 128K. Uh, it says it runs as efficiently as any modern-day desktop and even sells for as much as one as well. Uh, Jor, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you own any piece of equipment or tech that still is, you know, of age, or are you kind of the newer and better of uh, of the technical pieces, if you will? Are you are you kind of the latest and greatest when it comes to tech? Yeah, I'm a purger. So if I have tech that's old, I will have gotten <laughs> rid of it. Um, but no, I, I it's not like latest and greatest, but I do like 
upgraded versions of the new technology. I mean, my cell phone, it's not the latest and greatest. I think it's a, is it a 13 maybe? I don't know what they're on at this point, however many there are, but it's not the track. latest. Yeah, I've, I've lost track of that, but you know, I've had it for about two years. It's paid off. I don't plan on getting a new one, but that being said, I still don't have my flip phone. You know, I use a Mac when I'm working. That's my work computer, you know, that I bought. Work doesn't give us computers, but I bought. But this is a funny because you mentioned that, like, original Mac. I remember in the 80s or the 90s when it first came out and people were getting home computers because that was unheard of. We didn't have home computers, you know, where there was – you're too young to remember, but – there was dial-up, and you would hear that sound, and then, you've got mail. I still have AOL. Oh, I'm not too um, old my, to remember. <laughs> no, you're not too Okay. No, dial-up is, that's music to my ears, because then I can feel like I still have that many more years ahead of me. But, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It, but I my don't, dad I don't would never it. have, yeah, a Mac. Like, he was never, he always wanted to have alternative technology. So our our home computers were all sort of... You know, the, from the computer center nearby that some guy built that was, you know, sort of kind of held together. Not a Mac or anything really cool like that, but I wish we had stuff like that. I bet those go for a lot of money now. I know you say that they're regular price, but they're vintage pieces now. So it would be fun to have an old Mac. I had no idea that people still were kind of refurbishing something like that. You'd think that it right. would actually go for more than the modern day desktop, but yes. apparently, according to the article that I've read, uh, I believe it was on Forbes. Pretty much said no. It's 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 as pricey as any you know modern day desktop would be, uh, hmm. if if you will. But uh, hmm. yeah, nonetheless, uh, onto the uh, last but not least one for today at least. Uh, turns out there's still doorbuster sales going on in late January, George. This time it's on tobacco sales in Minneapolis. Uh, for yeah, for the second time in the last week, there's a crash reported into a tobacco shop here locally. In the great city of Minneapolis, Friday, it was at the Minneapolis Tobacco and Vapor location off of 46 in Nicollet, and it was similar to the tobacco outlet off of 18th in Northeast. Uh, Giordano, have you partaken in said doorbuster sales going on with these tobacco shops? I've not no. seen anything like this ever where it's just bang, bang, two in a week. That's that's insane. Wait, you're saying sales? No, or- like it, it was a, it was a play on words because there have been cars oh, crashing okay. into these stores twice in okay. less than a week, Tuesday That's and Friday. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. No. And are they like smash and grabs? Do you have any idea if they're, they're ramming they're, into the stores to grab really, the products? The, the, the uh, site on WCCO's uh, TV site, the, their news site, doesn't really give a whole lot of information, mm-hmm. just basically pointing out the eerie similarities of like, the, the the shops, if you will, like tobacco shops, twice in mm-hmm. you know four days or whatever it is. That's just it's no. bizarre to me. Uh, we will do one real quick one here, just to mm, you know kill a, kill a couple minutes here. Uh, mm-hmm. Famous artist is going on tour. I don't know if you heard, but he's making a comeback, and he was here uh, just a handful of year, years ago for mm-hmm. a big event. It was Mister JT himself. He's going oh. back on tour. Jor, is he really? Yes, he is. It is pretty, pretty crazy. I'm trying to pull up the uh, name. Let me tell the... you, that was, that was my daughter's, my oldest's first concert. And, you know, she was so excited. I'm sure it was like a Hanukkah gift or something. I took her. She was little. She was like, you know, 12 or 13. And she made a sign. You know, JT, I love you. Yeah, we had crappy nosebleed seats. But she made a sign. And I believe it was at the XL. They made her 
take away the sign. They they took away the sign when oh. he walked in. So I just that, have a picture. The, of it. the closest location he's going to be uh, coming to here in uh, at least in the Midwest is unfortunately Chicago. The uh, t- oh. uh, the Never Forget Tomorrow World Tour uh, kicking off in on April 29th in Vancouver and uh, pretty much soars through the West Coast, East Coast, anywhere but. The good old state of Minnesota. So, if you want to go see Justin Timberlake, you're going to unfortunately have to go uh, abroad to to catch him in action. But yeah, Justin Timberlake making a comeback. It's in 2024 of all years. Good for him. Good for him. I feel a little slighted that he's not coming to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, hey, Taylor Swift didn't come to the Vikings game, so people must just hate Minneapolis, you know. You know, it's funny. Back to your concert story. Even the first one you were talking about. The Beach Boys and John Stamos. Mm-hmm. And you said he tours uh, Uncle Joey, for those who uh, know John Stamos yes. from Full House. Um, you said he tours with them to introduce young people. Like, since when is John Stamos <laughs> the icon of young culture, of, of pop culture? I mean, John Stamos, is he's older than me. He's standing in the he's... gap. He's standing in the gap yeah. for, for the generations that are just... Uh, into all the, I mean, and I have nothing against T Swift, but he's st- he's keeping the Beach Boys dream alive. And if there's one concert that I've heard nothing but negative reviews in Minneapolis at the Metrodome, it was the Beach Boys. And my uh, really? my my mother went to that concert. I don't know what year it was, eighty five, maybe eighty three. No matter what it what it was, not the best uh, live performance in recent Minneapolis history. But I'm sure they still put on a great show. Uh, obviously, the original. They've had a couple of people unfortunately pass away um but yeah. it's it, it one of the legendary bands of all time john stamos making people feel young again john stamos hilarious you love it all right let's take a quick break gentle reminder i got pink tickets to give away maybe coming up it's time you heard pink that means it's time to give away pink tickets you will be going to see pink live 2024 with special guest the script and Kid Cut Up, it's at the XL Energy Center Friday, October 18th. This is our last set of pink tickets that we're giving away. And you guys know the drill. I will read lyrics. And it. you tell me, are they pink lyrics? Literally pink, the, the singer. Or are they not? If you get it wrong, we go to the next caller. If you get it right, you get the tickets. Who's joined? Tanya from Woodbury is joining me on the line. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Have you tried to win the tickets before? Yeah, I haven't got through. Oh, well, there you go. Now, are you a big Pink fan? Um, I am. You are. I'm You're a big Pink fan. Right so, now. Who, who, oh, don't don't be nervous, honey. It's it's just me. It's okay. And no, no one's listening, Tanya. It's okay. Don't <laughs> don't worry. Okay. All right. I am I am going to read you lyrics that have something related to Pink. Maybe they're Pink lyrics. Maybe they have the word Pink. And you tell me if that is an actual Pink song or if it is not. Here are the first lyrics, oh. Tanya. Ready? Okay. Okay. I am. Little pink houses for you and me. Ooh, yeah, for you and me. Is okay. that pink you, or not? No, no, John Cougar. <laughs> oh, look at you, Tanya. Oh, Tanya. That was easy. I'm sorry to Ron and that Gabriel, but Tanya, you won the tickets. Thank you. Oh, Tanya, stay online. Wait, okay, so who are you bringing to the show? That was that was the easiest we've done this whole week, Tanya. You made it easy for me. Um, who are you bringing to the show? I don't know. That's going to be tough. 
I don't know. Oh, why? Do you have multiple people that want to go with you? I, I do. I have a daughter and I have a bestie and I have a sling and it's going to oh, be hard. Oh, goodness. Well, you might have to buy some extra seats to go with you. But Tanya, <laughs> for someone who was nervous, you did a great job. You even quoted who the author was. It was John Cougar or, yeah, there you go. Maybe John Cougar Mellencamp, thank maybe you. John Mellencamp, whatever he decided. Tanya, thank you for listening and have an awesome time at Pink. Stay on the line, though, so Josh can get your info. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Tanya. Ooh, she was nervous, but she knows her music. That was, yes, Little Pink Houses by John Cougar Mellencamp. Excellent. So excellent job. It was going to be an easy one. We were going to do Lady Marmalade by by Pink uh, later to, you know, as the third clue. But well done. Ron and Egan, uh, Gabriel and Woodbury, I'm sorry, but Tanya beat you to it. And she is the winner of those pink tickets. Coming up next, I'm going to be joined by Steve Hunnicks. Steve is the executive director of the JCRC, the Jewish Community Relations Council. Steve was on hand yesterday at the Minneapolis Council meeting where they passed a resolution, a so-called ceasefire resolution against Israel um, for the war between Israel and Hamas. Um, it, I'm not a fan. You guys know I'm not a fan. I had a friend there who was giving us live updates yesterday who was at the city council meeting, had to move to a different area because she felt unsafe, was being shouted at. Um, Steve Hunnigs was also there as a representative from the Jewish community. So I am going to talk to him about the resolution, why the Minneapolis City Council passed it, why it was a little more severe than the, the toned-down one that was proposed, and his reaction to it. We're also going to talk about International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which is tomorrow. And this morning, the U.N.'s top court has ruled not on a ceasefire in Israel. Remember, South Africa demanded Israel to immediately suspend all military operations in Gaza, claimed it was committing genocide, while the International Court of Justice did not say that Israel was committing genocide, and they made a ruling today that did not include a ceasefire. We're going to ask Steve about his reaction to that ruling. It's all next on CCO. Yesterday, this... Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. City Council of Minneapolis passed a resolution um, condemning the Israel-Hamas war and calling for an immediate ceasefire and permanent ceasefire preventing the loss of life in the Middle East. This is a contentious resolution. We heard live updates from a friend of mine who was there, another gentleman who was there, was Steve Hunnicks. Steve is the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council. He was at the meeting yesterday, and he's here to talk about multiple things, i.e. Holocaust Remembrance Day, um, the South Africa lawsuit in the, uh, in the International Court of Justice. But we're going to start, Steve, locally with the Minneapolis resolution that was passed yesterday. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Jordana. Always appreciate the opportunity. And Shabbat Shalom to you and Mark and the entire family. Thank you. And Shabbat Shalom to you. Um, 
you were there yesterday. Just briefly, what was the vibe like? Were, did you ever feel, in de- a fr- friend of mine was there and she said, you know, she was being shouted out and moved to a different area to feel safer. What did you feel there yesterday? Atmospherically, there were two different vibes. One in the council room, we were fairly well organized. 10 or 20 people from the community arrived 7.15, 7.30 in the morning. So we were the first people in line. Therefore, limited space, 50 people or so. It was a more comfortable environment. As I understand it, the same can't be said for the overflow room and maybe even the second overflow room where uh, sympathizers with Palestinians far outnumbered folks from our community. And I guess there, there was some intimidation and uh, some misbehavior, perhaps. I have to say, though, within the council chambers, everyone behaved themselves, you know, putting aside the threshold issue of whether or not the uh, city council should be engaged in this debate, uh, people conducted themselves uh, appropriately. Steve, tell me about the resolution. And uh, it's my understanding JCRC is in opposition to the resolution. Why don't you, what's in it and why don't you like it? Uh, I'll, I'll slightly paraphrase what you said before or mm-hmm. edit, uh, Jordana. Mm-hmm. You said Please. a resolution condemning uh, the, the war in Gaza. Well, it's mostly a resolution condemning Israel and the war. In Gaza, I mean, there are any number of reasons. The recitation of the facts is completely one-sided. Uh, Israel is mm-hmm. reduced to uh, essentially an occupying power, and that's the totality of its history. There's practically no mention of the sexual violence, the predation of young Israeli mm-hmm. women. You know, the hostages kind of spoken about in uh, in one line, in, one line, one line, mm-hmm. one line, right in sort of in a way that's not even spoken in the active. You know, meanwhile. Every form of criticism is leveled against Israel. Things that were particularly disturbing uh, were, and this was by amendment by the Committee of the Whole on Tuesday, was equating Israel's conduct of the war with genocide. We see that as blood libel. The evidence of that is Germany talked about the International Court of Justice intervening in the case because, as the Germans said, in a way, we know something about genocide. We know something about the Holocaust. And mm-hmm. to say the least, what we're seeing is Israel conducts its rightful self-defense is not genocide, right? I mean, that's that's the fundamental threshold proposition here. Mm-hmm. You know, nevertheless, in the resolution, as amended, they insisted upon using language about South Africa. And, of course, South Africa uh, comes to this prosecution of Israel with unclean hands also. Correct. So to, so to use that as sort of a statement of fact, whereas a statement of opinion, it just underscores uh, sort of the futility of the exercise that this resolution represented. Why'd the city council do this? It wasn't unanimous. Um, they say they're representing their constituents. You know, I'm one of them. You're one of them. Lots of Minneapolis residents do not agree with this. Why do you think they did this? I'm not quite a resident. I'm in Eastern St. Louis Park, so let's oh, make that clear. Okay. okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> but uh but you are a resident, indeed. You know, first, thanks for the strength of the mayor. The mayor spoke very passionately. And one of the issues here was, as the mayor explained, he was never even brought into so Here you have a Jewish mayor of Minneapolis for whom Israel mm-hmm. is important, circulating this resolution. Never even bothered to come talk to him before they held a press conference two Fridays ago to announce it. By the way, we held our own press conference mm-hmm. with Rabbi Zimmerman, who's also been a great leader, and... Jacob, Mayor Mayor Fry, mm-hmm. you know, that that's one of the issues. Also, want to thank uh, Council Members Vito, Palmazano, mm-hmm. uh, Rainville, 
uh, Jenkins for some of the votes who are also in opposition and Palmisano and Vito speaking passionately against the resolution for all the reasons that we can outline. Why they wanted to go there, apparently the Democratic Socialists who hold some sway in the city of Minneapolis, this was very important to them, so important that at the very first meeting of the new city council, this was brought before them, a very divisive issue, particularly for a new body that's trying to find its bearings or its moorings in the world. It's almost inexplicable that this is where you would start on an issue of which you can't possibly have any even small amount of influence. Nevertheless, they can tear your city's polity apart. Just ridiculous. Um, talk to me about, I, I want to get to International Holocaust Remembrance Day because it, that's tomorrow. What, Correct. I mean, this to me feels like, wow, we're remembering the Holocaust, but we also had, you know, the case of worst mass violence against the Jews since the Holocaust on October 7th, just a few, 112 days ago uh, that, that this happened. So how do you, I mean, obviously we want to remember the 6 million Jews that were murdered in the Holocaust, which was an actual genocide against Jews. Uh, which is where the word genocide comes from. It came out of the Holocaust, the murdering, systematic murdering of a government by uh, towards Jews. So how do you see the honoring tomorrow as a remembrance of the Holocaust in perspective with what is happening today? Are we going to do both tomorrow? You know, by the way, a Polish Jewish survivor of the Holocaust, the lawyer, Raphael Lemkin, coined the term genocide. As a yes. little background fact, you look at the world, as you say, the, October 7 is the day, worst day in terms of loss of life for the Jewish world since the Holocaust. You know, people can sort of descend back into that mindset. One of our board members draws a good point, particularly in the United States, that the a significant difference between now and then are a couple things. One, in this country, Crystal Knock, all the events that led up to the Holocaust, the Holocaust mm-hmm. itself, when Germany, where the military was suborned and the police were suborned into the murder of the Third Reich. Here we have a country where Jews are protected, where we have constitutional rights, where we have a military, where we have the police who are independent actors, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. take orders from the state, right? They forces of morality in our country and places of protection for the Jewish community. It's much different than what was happening in Europe in the 1930s and the 1940s. Of course, there's a state of Israel, too. Israel suffered grievously on October 7th. It has the capacity to defend itself. It has the capacity, in some ways, to defend Jews throughout the world. These are huge changes back from the 1930s and the 1940s, thankfully. That said, we're seeing rises of anti-Semitism, particularly violent anti-Semitism, particularly mm-hmm. sometimes violent related to the Gaza War, uh, which are shocking people. And even yes. some people thought this would never happen again. JCRC-wise, up until you know, for our the way we measure time over our year, there had been about 39 uh, anti-Semitic events up until October 7th. We're now up to 97 two months mm-hmm. later, right? Vandalism, desecration of a cemetery, uh, 
those types of threats uh, being leveled or occurring to the Jewish community, St. Louis Park and other places too, just was dealing with an issue in South Dakota where a Jewish student was subjected to a Snapchat with a video of the, of the worst sort of vitriol directed against her, Nazis, effing Jew, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine what that was like, but that's, that's illustrative of some of what we're seeing now. Um, Steve, let's talk then. Let's move toward this new, uh, I'm not going to say it's a, a ruling today, but the IJC, the International Court, has stopped short of ordering a ceasefire in which South, you mentioned South Africa before, so I'm circling back. South Africa has basically brought a case before the International Court of Justice claiming that Israel is committing genocide in Gaza and that there should be an immediate ceasefire. Well, today the court has ordered Israel to take measures within its power to prevent acts of genocide, and it stopped short of ordering a ceasefire requested by South Africa. Now, if you look at the media, this is there's I am the media. So it, it, I've been watching this all morning and I've been seeing how skewed even the headlines are. You know, the, the International Court has ordered Israel to take all measures within its power to prevent acts of genocide. Well, that means it's not it's not committing genocide. That's what the International Court is saying. It also the, inter, the the headline here is that the International Court does not agree with South Africa and it's not calling for a ceasefire because Israel is not committing acts of war. So I'm just curious to know your thoughts on this uh, preliminary, I guess, ruling, because I guess a, a further case has to go forward in front of the IJC. But today the IJC did not call for a ceasefire in Gaza. It allows Israel to keep protecting itself, keep defending itself, you know, with creating measures to protect Palestinians, which, um, again, I have shared on this show has been happening. They drop leaflets, they make phone calls, they create humanitarian quarters, 10,000 plus trucks of aid have come in. So if that's not trying to protect the Palestinian people, I'm not sure what is. But now that I've given my opinion, Steve, and I'm sorry, it was a kind of a long intro. Uh, what are your thoughts on the IJC's uh, decision this morning? I've not had a chance to read it, I just saw sort of the fl- flip, flickering headlines so far. I've just been engaged okay. in so much other business this morning. I will tell you, make a couple of recommendations to you, Jordana. Have someone like Greg Gordon, formerly of the University of North Dakota, great expert, uh, great expert on war crimes, or Gross over at the university. I'm sure Greg's a little harder to track down since he now teaches yeah. in Hunk. But uh, or oh. and of course over at the university would be Griff, someone fabulous to have on your show to discuss these issues. But yes. So interesting, I think there was a lot of concern about the International Court of Justice and its ability to render or reckon fairly with Israel, telling that they did not order a ceasefire, putting aside the fact whether or not it would hold any water in Israel. Uh, nevertheless, as you correctly point out, it is a telling fact that they have some appreciation for the equities of the matter, given that they did not order a ceasefire. That's very legalistic on my part. I want to make sure people understand one thing, Jordana. You know, we have, we affirm mm-hmm. the loss of a life, Israeli and Palestinian, mm-hmm. right? Particularly Palestinian civilians, of course. And when mm-hmm. I say things like that, I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm still trying to embrace humanity here, 
during this very difficult time. We also recognize that Hamas started this war. Hamas Mm -hmm. breached the border. Hamas committed these mass atrocities, including sexual predation. Uh, Mm -hmm. Israel has its right of self-defense. Hamas embeds itself with mosques, homes, schools, etc. These are the challenges that the Israelis face militarily. And as you correctly point out, all the steps that the IDF takes to try to minimize civilian loss of life, which is awful, but nevertheless sometimes unavoidable under these circumstances. So please keep that in mind, and all the listeners, too, that when we do things like discuss the International Court of Justice, and sometimes it sounds like a technical way, that does not mean we're not thinking about families and people and children who are dying, right? very important that we keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. But you bring up something else interesting, that sort of press coverage. And I'm just looking right now. David Oreck wrote a very Mm -hmm. good story for Star Tribune on Tuesday about the markup of the resolution at the Committee of the Whole meeting. Well done by David. But then the headline says, quote, in small quote, defense of humanity, close quote. As though this holding of the Minneapolis City Council and the markup of mm-hmm. the resolution was in defense of humanity. You know, talk about a headline that was completely wrong, right? Uh, and, and did not even match a very well written story by David Oreck. But this is what happens all the time in the press. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm yeah. not attributing malice to anybody. Uh, just, if you don't mind me citing your husband, Mark, right, who, who uh, <laughs> pays very close attention to these issues, right? He does. Uh, but they're sort of, piece of evidence, number one, for what Mark likes to suggest about the way the press gets this wrong, and sometimes even our own local newspaper gets, mm-hmm. it, gets it wrong, too. Uh, so these are the sort of things we have to pay attention to. Yes, right, we back, do. Right here, we do. right here in our own backyard. So we I just wanted to absolutely. follow up on the point you made. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, we're out of time, but I appreciate you addressing all of my issues. We, we covered quite a bit today, and um, keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Good job, us. Thanks, George. For having me on the show. All the best. You got it. You too. Um, I want to address a couple of your texts because I see them. Uh, one in particular. Uh, let's see. Where does this person start? Okay. Um, Palestinian. Uh, if Israel war with, is with Hamas, the group Israel has both explicitly and implicitly supported in the past. Israel has never supported Hamas. That's a lie. Why is Israel destroying the lives of millions of Palestinians, killing tens of thousands in this most recent war? For example, how are 7,000 dead children responsible? You seem to value Jewish lives and the rest are just an afterthought. Are you not ashamed of this? First of all, some of your facts are not right. And also, I am not ashamed of being a Zionist. I am not ashamed of Israel's right to exist. I am not ashamed of being a Jew and wanting self-determination. I am not ashamed of wanting one Jewish country in a world where there are 22 Arab nations and almost 50 Muslim nations and many, many Christian nations. I am not ashamed of any of this. I am not ashamed of defending a homeland that will be the only place when the trains come to pick up the Jews in America or Canada like they did in Germany. I am not ashamed of any of this. And I ask you this, dear texter. During the Second World War, Allied air forces dropped nearly two million tons of bombs on Germany, destroying some 60 cities, killing more than half a million German citizens and leaving 80,000 pilots dead. Are you ashamed of that? 
We're going to have some fun in the next hour. Not that we haven't been having fun. Hey, it's Friday, friends. It's Friday. Uh, to get Steve in, because he's super busy meeting with senators and whatnot, Tim Lammers uh, graciously agreed to join us at 11.05. So we are going to be talking to him, and I'm going to see if he knew about the heads up of Timothy Chalamet coming to the Hibbing High School Department. I mean, oh my God. So absolutely exciting about that. And also we'll have our Friday Rewind, our favorite interviews of the day, or excuse me, of the week. We'll talk Joe Maurer. Uh, We had a great um, interview with one of the city council members prior to this vote yesterday, and Police Chief Brian O'Hara joined us for quite some time in the studio. He is always enlightening and really great to talk to. Uh, Before, you know, it's funny, uh, Josh, you brought up some accidents that were happening in smoke shops here locally Mm -hmm. in Minnesota. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they are trying to get their hands on these Zin pouches. Have you heard about Zin pouches, Z-Y-N? I have not, but I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. Well, get this. They've been increasingly popular in the United States. What they are, nicotine pouches. I imagine it's like dip. I never dipped. Mm. I, I never smoked. I really didn't. I was such a wimp. I'm a, I'm a goody goody. Um, so there are these nicotine pouches which users tuck into their upper lips. 808 million pouches were sold in the first three months of last year. Apparently, the rise of this pouches is because of so-called Zinfluencers who tout the product. And of course, the people who make these say, oh, they're not trying to, you know, market to customers under 21, yet they have the lock on young kids. This has even been taken up by the Congress. Senator Chuck Schumer is warning that Zinn products, the Zinn thing, could hook a new generation on nicotine. Josh, you're my youngster of the day. Have you ever seen anybody under 30 or even under 40 doing the dip thing, you know, with the with the nicotine pouch? Have you seen this? I haven't seen this yet. I have a couple Not of yet. I will say, though, I, I would love to invest some money into some Zin pouch stock if no. I can, though. Because, no. hey, you got to build no. up that, that po- got to fatten the pocket a little bit. No, do not prey on our young people. Do not invest. <laughs> go to New My York. Goodness. Go to the stock exchange. Oh, my gosh. No, I've not seen saying, it, though. No, no, no. This could really drive nicotine addiction, you know, because you, you're not smoking. Yeah. There's no smoke. Yep. You don't. There's really not much. Maybe it smells a little bit, but it's different than cigarettes. And, of course, nicotine is a known carcinogen. It's very, very dangerous. And there's other risks. I know you're not inhaling this, but there are risks of mouth cancer. I know that Eddie Van Halen, you know, had mouth cancer. May he rest in peace. Um, because of a lot of use of nic- nicotine in this way. So I had never heard of it. It reminded me that may- maybe, you know, your story that you said people were crashing into tobacco shops. I guess they're having these Zin nicotine pouches, but they're very dangerous. So parents of teens, when I hear something, I think, okay, I got to give a heads up to everybody else. I haven't seen them yet, but they come in like little dip, you know, those circular cans. They're- I don't know, friends. Be on the lookout for it. It's not gum. It's nicotine, parents. When we come back, we will talk movies with Tim Lammers. The news is next on CCO. I'll be right back.
Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 